0: Welcome to the Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm. Here are your hosts, experienced lawyers, writers, and entrepreneurs, Heidi Alexander and Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network.
1: Welcome to a new episode of The Legal Toolkit here on the Legal Talk Network. I'm your host, Heidi Alexander. I'm also a law practice advisor with Massachusetts LOMAP. LOMAP provides free and confidential law practice management consulting services to Massachusetts attorneys. For more information on LOMAP's offerings, visit our website at masslomap.org. Here on Legal Toolkit, my co-host Jared Correa and I provide you with a new tool each month to add to your own Legal Toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. So as a law practice advisor, I spend much of my time helping solo and small firms create efficiencies and implement best practices for their success. And this is even more important as the legal market continues to transform, customers are demanding more for less, and competition is rising. So firms need to rethink the way that they do business, and this all starts with the basic business structure. So today I'll be chatting with my guest about the Lean Law Firm, what that means, why it's important, and how firms can embrace it. I'm excited to have Nicole Braddock on today as my guest. Nicole is the Chief Strategy Officer at Kiro Legal. Kiro provides practice management support and consulting to law firms. Nicole previously founded and operated Custom Counsel, a legal services outsourcing company which was recently acquired by Kiro Legal. Nicole has been named to ABA Journal's Legal Rebel List and to the Fast Case 50 list of Global Legal innovators. So thanks for joining me today, Nicole. Thanks, Heidi. Glad to be here. All right. So let's begin by talking about the concept we call lean. And of course, this stems from the management philosophy that was used by Toyota in the mid-century. And then it was more recently popularized by David Reese's book, The Lean Startup. So can you tell me more about this concept in, in sort of a general sense? Sure thing. And um and
2: I will just start by recommending David Reese's book. Um you know, I had over the years formulated pretty strong opinions about how firms should should operate and how they should approach sort of structuring their operations and their business model. Um, and when I read the lean startup for the first time, it basically echoed and in a much more eloquent way, um, all of the things that I had come to believe to be true about sort of the best ways to operate these firms. So I think it's a really good place to start uh, for a lot of firms, I, either firms sort of looking to launch or or existing firms that are trying to figure out the best way to um, sort of create efficiencies and and survive in the new marketplace. So, the, so the concept in, in lean manufacturing is just the elimination of waste, um, any expenditure of resources that that doesn't create value for the end client. And the lean startup concept was. Um, derived from lean manufacturing, but really came to evolve into a modern management concept for tech companies. So instead of dumping a ton of money and time into building a product and bringing it to market, uh, the idea is to create a minimum viable product um, and to test it early and test it often. Um, And I think you'll see that most, I don't know if I can say most, but it's it's become really the predominant concept in, in sort of the tech world for how to bring a product to market. Okay. So yeah, so the traditional model, I mean, it focuses on like creating this polished, finished product to clients. But lean startup really focuses on getting the product in front of customers as quickly as possible, even if it's a flawed product. And testing the assumptions that that you make in, in developing the product. And, you know, when we start law firms, all businesses, you make a number of assumptions. Um, you just need to make sure they're the right assumptions. Um, and that's really the fundamental tenet. You know, you start small, you test regularly so you can adjust quicker um, and get customers exactly what they want. Um, and you start learning right away from customers what works, what doesn't work. Is incredible, incredibly um, valuable information. Um, it's really like the three basic steps are sort of build, measure, and learn, and then you repeat that over and over, and you learn with every iteration, and and it, it sort of helps. It prevents this, you know, dumping a ton of time into developing a product. And a ton of money and resources, and you get to the end, and you find out it's not what the customer wants at all. And then you, you know you're kind of like crap, got to start over again. It's it's sort of a it's a much smarter way to do business um, in today's market, I think.
1: So let's now connect the dots for our listeners. Um, how does the lean concept that you just um, you know very accurately? Uh, explained, how does it apply to the legal industry? And then can you tell us sort of what are the benefits to law firms? Is this just, you know, as you said, I mean, it became, you know, it's become more popularized with David Reese's book. It's what most uh, companies are now using. Is it just a passing trend? Is it going to, uh, is it going to continue? You know, can, can law firms really use this today?
2: Yeah, so while the lean startup concept came from the tech world, uh, it has a lot of application to professional services, I think, really, in any industry. So when you start a law firm, or on the day-to-day running of a law firm, um, you make a whole bunch of assumptions. Um, What kind of clients will want your services, what kind of work they'll need, um, where they'll want you to be located, how many associates and staff members you'll need to serve them, what's the best technology to use to deliver those services. Tons of assumptions are built into the development and and running of a law firm. And so a lot of attorneys who launch new firms um, may try to be prudent and create a thoroughly well-designed, well-thought-out business plan that they're sure will take the firm to great places. But if even one of these bigger assumptions is wrong, you could get stuck and have some real problems. You know, Is lean a passing trend? I think that there's always going to be new theories for business planning and management that'll develop over time. And, and often I think they involve out of changes in the marketplace. I think maybe some of the foundations of the actual lean startup concept will fall out of favor in time because that's just what happens with, you know, historically with uh, sort of the in vogue management theories. Um, but for law firms, I think we know now that the shifts in the market that happened, you know, sort of during and after the recession are structural. You know, they're, they're not just cyclical changes. It's not we're not going to cycle back to the heyday that, <laughs> that once was. Um, and so firms we hope. now... <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I, we want the heyday. The heyday ruled. Uh, <laughs> my, my generation's never going to see the heyday. Our generation. So I think firms are operating under a, like, a new reality that's not likely to shift any time in the near future. I mean, like you said in the beginning, there's, it's a much more competitive market. Clients want more for less. Um, so firms need to figure out how to maintain and increase profitability. Um, and they're doing that by, you know, it's not rocket science. You increase your top line revenue, and you try and you c- control your bottom line. Some combination thereof. Um, I don't see that challenge going away. And the concept of running a lean law firm can certainly help control the bottom line, um, but it can also drive top line revenue. Um, I think lean management style can allow firms to deliver more value to their clients, um, increasing customer loyalty, which we know has been, which, which has been a problem in sort of modern the modern legal market, and sort of helping with reputation in the marketplace. If you're, if you're the firm delivering value to your clients, that's, it's going to help drive clients to your firm. And it can also allow the firm to more easily respond to changing market demands um, and client interests as a way to increase revenue. And so I I think that lean startup with air quotes around it may fall out of favor, but I think that people launching law firms by going out and getting the most expensive fancy office space with beautiful marble and, you know, 10 receptionist uh I think that until that is a necessary thing for your clients, I think that model is, is probably gone for good. OK,
1: so that's probably a good thing. So you talked a lot about these assumptions um, and, and I want to just get into that a little bit, a little bit more here. I want to make it a little bit more tangible. Can you give us an example uh, of an assumption That a law firm say would base their business or their operations on that you know might end up evolving over time. Um, Yeah, and it can be it can be a lot of things. I mean, it could be an assumption
2: about the level of staffing that you need, um, and it can be or it can be an assumption about the kind of law you're going to practice. Like you know, think of what's what are the hot things right now? Data security. You want to start a data security boutique because that's everywhere and it's on fire. so you build this entire firm around this data security practice and you, and you go whole hog and you bring it to market and maybe it does well, but then all of a sudden maybe data security, you know, every firm in town starts touting their data security practices and something happens where data security is no longer the huge concern. There's something way even bigger like uh, like drones for law firms or, or, or drone strikes or something becomes like the next huge thing. And that's really where you you think your your clients need you. And so you need that sort of agility, the, the ability to sort of, it's not a pivot in the traditional sense, but it's sort of a shifting of focus. And you need to have a lean enough infrastructure that you can respond to these, these market changes. Um, something like staffing. You know, you think your clients are going to want associates doing a lot of the more commoditized work. Um, so you have your associates billing $300, $400 an hour. And you hire all these people to do this work, but then your clients are coming back to you and saying, and this is what's happened to a lot of the big firms, your clients are coming back to you and saying, listen, we don't want to pay for these expensive associates. Instead, we want you to outsource this to an LPO or somebody else. And all of a sudden, you've got this problem because you've built this structure around um, associates you know, billing a lot at the bottom to, to sort of increase the profits of, at the partner level. And so then you're, you have a really big weakness in your fundamental business structure at that point.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, I I think that's all very helpful. Um, again, that that makes it a little bit more tangible. Um, but we do need to take a quick break. Uh, but everyone, stay tuned because after the break, we'll be talking about how to create a lean law firm. This is normally the space in our show when we offer words from our sponsors. This potentially represents a unique opportunity for you. The Legal Toolkit is seeking sponsors. You can hear your advertisement right here. What more could you ask for? If you're interested, contact the team at Legal Talk Network at info at legal Talk Welcome back to the second half of our show with Nicole Braddock, Chief Strategy Officer at Kiro Legal. Let's talk now about how firms can create a lean law firm. So let's say I'd like to start up my own lean law firm. What's the first step in creating a lean law firm?
2: Step one has to be to think about the client, or whether or not you want a sort of quote unquote lean law firm or just a, any, lean law, any law firm at all. I think you have to start thinking about the client. So what kind of client do you want to serve? And you start by making a few assumptions about what your firm's ideal client wants, um, but understand that some of these assumptions may be false. And you start small. You you don't invest in overhead that's hard to get out from under, like old-school technology systems, long-term leases, employment arrangements, um, and even sort of uh, partner compensation models. So steer clear of the stuff that's hard to to move out of. Um, And then you build it. Uh, launch your firm, you test it with a small sampling of clients, you get in-depth regular feedback, and then you learn from it and adjust. Um, You need to sort of constantly go back to the
1: clients and what they want. Oh, you make that sound so easy. It's, it's definitely not easy. Uh, um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about the role of technology in the lean law firm, um, because clearly technology can create efficiencies and eliminate those repetitive processes, which is you know precisely what the, the lean law firm is all about. Um, so what types of technology are useful for the lean law firm? The type of
2: technology depends a lot on the type of firm and the type of client. Um, But generally, I think uh, as a category, cloud-based software is, is heaven sent for lean law firms. I mean, if we accept that, starting small and testing carefully is a sound business design method. Um, It's pretty easy to see why sort of old school technology may not be the best choice. Uh, Because if you're making this upfront investment in on-premise server and software licenses, um, it becomes difficult to make the adjustments uh, that you may need to make. Um, So SaaS platforms that operate under a monthly subscription model, it makes sort of adjustments and and pivots if need be um, simple if it turns out that that technology um, isn't allowing you to provide optimal value to the client. But sort of going back to this concept of reducing wasted effort, I think for most firms, cloud-based practice management systems are pretty critical at this point to reducing wasted efforts. It sort of helps keep lawyers organized, keeps them on track. I, I think it it, cre- it adds a lot of order, which reduces a lot of wasted effort. Um, the same with a solid CRM, you know, uh, if we're talking contact relationship management system, um, if we're talking about sort of the marketing and um so, I mean, I think a modern firm really needs a good practice management system, email platform, research tool, document management system, and a CRM. Um, and if you have those tools and you select the tools that play nicely together and you know how to use them, then your firm performs more efficiently. And and this this sort of knowing how to use the technology is is a big part of reducing waste. You can have the best technology in the world. You need to know how to use it. And if you're not using it well, then your clients aren't getting they're not getting the value that they need from you. Um, especially if you're billing hourly. And you know, so so I guess my, my number one recommend like get training. Don't wear luddite as a bad of a badge of honor. Uh, it's not cute and it's not good for clients um, and it's pretty damn bad for business. And I've got some <laughs> I've got some. Some uh, good horror stories of sort of how bad technology can create waste, but we can save those for a round of drinks one day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, okay, so what happens if, you know, what happens if you do have someone who's not, you know, not so technologically savvy? You know, would you tell them to to maybe outsource this? So one of the things that Curo does, and I think that our clients who use
2: it get that value if they're not the best with technology is they have the practice management platform. They have the platforms they need, but then they'll hire a virtual assistant to help manage that. And you know, so much of this, both from a sort of profitability and productivity perspective, is about who's the right person at the right level to be doing these tasks. Um, so if you are not great with technology and you're spending more time than you need to, um, either go and learn and um, and don't just sort of accept it as is, or get somebody who can do that work for you so' you're not, you're not expending any unnecessary effort. but I mean I think that you know hiring another person to sort of input your, your client intake, uh, you know do, do that sort of thing when you're running a law firm I think that for a lot of lawyers that makes a lot of sense because it's just that's not time productively spent for them
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. So a- any other components? that you think are necessary for the lean law firm. I think that I wouldn't say that there are components
2: necessary for a lean law firm that are different from a regular firm. I just think you need to think about the components a little differently. So staffing for me is a huge area. I mean custom counsel that was sort of what we what we do. So not not every it's this concept that not everything complex needs to be performed by a senior partner. Not every attorney on the matter needs to be an employee. Not every task on a matter needs to be performed by an attorney. Um, it's about giving the client exactly the right solution for a particular problem or a component of the problem and not more. Um, you know, more does not add value. More is waste. So take, like, take a piece of litigation. Even if it's a complex piece of litigation, you don't need to handle it all. Nor does your client benefit the most from that. You know, you break the matter down to its component parts, determine what is the right person to do each part. You know, and and maybe it's a non-lawyer, maybe it's um, maybe it's a contract lawyer, maybe it's uh, maybe it is a senior partner, depending on the component. You know, if there's an oral advocacy piece, for example, um, and that's how you get optimal productivity out of your employees and contractors, um, and it's usually the best way to deliver value to your clients. So, you know, if you're a small shop, you think about using contract attorneys, virtual assistants, that sort of thing. So you can pass the cost savings to your client and not over-serve them, and then you also don't have this heavy infrastructure in case you need to make changes like we were talking about earlier. I mean, there's other overhead, too, that can be considered through the same lens, like physical space. You know, if your client doesn't need fancy downtown office space, don't get fancy downtown office space. It also applies to things like summer associates, associate training programs. I mean, it all has to tie back to... To what's gonna provide value to the clients. But I think the one component that should be a part of firms that like the lean startup concept um, is a more formalized way to get feedback from your clients. It's not a survey you blast out to all your clients from time to time, but it's more actual in-depth conversations with your clients about what they liked, where they saw value in your work and things like that. So you need to build these discussions into your management of any project. And then also have a system for gathering the data, especially if you're a multi-lawyer firm, you need to you know, have a system for gathering the data, and then very regularly taking a look at it, um, taking a look at the feedback, and making adjustments.
1: Okay, so you sort of touched on my next question actually, which was you're obtaining the feedback and you've created these systems, um, and clearly, you know, over time, there's going to be new trends, the market's going to change, uh, and part of the concept of, of being lean is working to constantly improve your systems. So, you know, what's your advice to, to law firms or management of law firms to make sure that they're continuing to adapt? adapt? adapt to, you know, to what's new to, you know, what are the trends and to make sure that they're constantly incorporating that feedback and getting that feedback from their client.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think as lawyers, uh, we generally are not very good at, at listening to feedback, and and you, you can you can elicit feedback, but then not really listen to it. So it, so it has to be systematic. It has to be part of your DNA. And and picking up the phone and calling your client for for more substantial clients, I think weekly call-ins are absolutely appropriate. You know, how are we doing? What are we, and, and ask the direct questions. Are you getting value? Do you feel you're getting value from the, from the work we're doing for you? But in the end, I mean, it's this is all about having a strategy and a vision and being willing to adjust it if necessary. And, you know, you think about all the tactical operational decisions that you make on a day-to-day basis. Just make sure you're making those decisions with purpose. So, I mean, the purpose to increase profitability, to respond to client feedback, to provide more value – So often, I talk to firms that make decisions, day-to-day operational decisions, with no reference to overall strategy.
1: So I think this is a good stopping point. So we have reached the end of another episode of The Legal Toolkit. Um, I do want to thank my guest, Nicole Braddock, for taking the time to drop by our virtual studio. Nicole, if any of our listeners would like to learn more about you and your ventures, how would they go about doing so?
2: Um, Sure. So you can find me on Twitter at Nicole Braddock, my company Curo Legal, also on Twitter at Curo Legal, C-U-R-O Legal. And our website is CuroLegal.com. And Custom Council still exists as a brand of Curo. And you can find that either through the Curo website or at CustomCouncil.com.
1: Great. Well, thank you again, Nicole, and thanks for our listeners for joining me for another episode of The Legal Toolkit. Remember that you can check out all of our shows anytime you'd like at legaltalknetwork.com.
0: Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Heidi and Jared for their next podcast covering the current business trends for law firms.